Hello, 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 and welcome to all you beautiful humans listening out there. I'm Marianne, and this is episode number one of 360 Fails, very first weekly podcast series called I Need a Time Out. Uh, it's called a time out for the simple fact that we're all really busy, and we don't have time to listen to things of importance. You know, we scroll fast, we... We think fast, we look fast, we, you know, hurry up to the next thing. We have things to do. So, um, these series and episodes will be 15 to 30 minutes. Depends on how quickly I can talk. And I just want to let you know it's easy to listen to, whether you're like on your way home or to work or on your lunch break, or you just want to ignore somebody around you by putting your AirPods in or whatever you use. So anyway... There was an intro about this series and what we're going to talk about and what it's going to look like. If you didn't read it, you should, um, because I always appreciate a little heads up in life, but that's not my experience at all. Nope. I seem to be skilled at baptism by fire or taking the final exam on the first day of class. I'm not mad about it. It's just how my life rolls. In fact, that's how this podcast is going to go. We, yes, you too, are going to learn how to do this thing together. By thing, I'm a podcast adventure. And so, I expect it to be messy. And you should too. But just in case you've been living under a rock off the grid somewhere, you should know that life is messy. My hope for all of us is that each day we wake up a little smarter than the day before. Ready to get started? Well, here we go. So, y'all want to talk about trauma, right? Mmm, didn't think so. Me either. But guess what? We're gonna go ahead, collectively sigh, roll your eyes, fidget in your seat, or feel whatever mental and physical impact the word trauma has on you. Maybe you're lucky. Maybe you don't know what trauma is. I really, really, really doubt it. Because according to an article published in 2004 by the American Psychological Association, anxiety disorders cost the U.S. approximately $46.6 billion in 1990. Need more convincing? Still think you don't have trauma? How about in that same article, an examination by the National Comorbidity Survey reported on more than 8,000 individuals between the ages of 15 and 54. Guess what? According to the writer, almost 8% of adult Americans will experience PTSD in their lives. All right, so now you might concede to the possibility of trauma being in your life or affecting you or something like that. But your argument will be that it was so long ago and we understand way more now and how to cope. The inevitable, we've evolved statement. So let's try this article written in March of 2021, four days ago by NBC News. The same American Psychological Association published a report called Stress in America. This is in regards to the year-long global pandemic we have been dealing with. The article cited responses from over 3,000 adults regarding their weight fluctuation over the past 12 months. You know what? 61% stated they had gained weight, some up to 50 pounds over the last year. Still think you're coping well and better than ever? 
I think not. You know why? Because we haven't, as a society, learned a damn healthy thing about trauma and how to cope. You know why that is, don't you? Because nobody wants to talk about it. It's mental health. It's taboo. It's wishy-washy. It's a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of head shrinkers. It's not for me. It's too vague. Or my favorite opinion, there's no real proof of these disorders. I mean, it's not like you can take a blood test to confirm you have trauma, right? Well, you are right. There is no definitive proof of trauma that can be placed in a box nice and neat. But there is a diagnostic and statistical manual, commonly known as the DSM-5, that is widely accepted for its accurate description of behaviors, coinciding to a pattern that equates to a certain diagnosis. Too often, we celebrate and praise medical doctors, but not psych doctors. Psychological doctors deserve just as much credit, if not more, because they look at the behaviors and go further beyond those symptoms. Let's think about this. You don't feel good and it goes on for a long while. Your PCP runs every test and lab possible, and the results report that everything has, in fact, been ruled out. In other words, there's nothing wrong with you physically, because all your tests are normal. FML, people. FML. How can I feel like shit all the time and be completely healthy? I was so mad. But you know, they were right. Physically, there was nothing wrong with me. My body was reacting to years of trauma. It's so frustrating feeling like you're physically dying, albeit slowly, and every specialist's answer was, it's your lifestyle. Um, okay. How am I supposed to reduce stress with a special needs child? No answer. Thanks for the help, Doc. I was so mad I could punch the wall. I felt like no one was listening to me, let alone believing me. Another byproduct of traumatic experiences, a voice that is rarely heard. But what I know now, psychosomatic physical symptoms are very common in those with trauma-lived lives. In other words, my body thinks there is real danger. But my brain is like, what the hell are you talking about? We're fine. Pardon my French, but sometimes I will use words that are offensive and crass. You know why? Because gosh darn it, and gee willigers just doesn't have the same effect as a good old F-bomb does. Forgive me Jesus, for I have sinned. Yes, I'm Christ-minded, spiritually oriented, and I swear like a sailor. I'm working on it. So calm at your ass for just a minute and listen to what I'm really saying. Trauma is defined as the following by Merriam-Webster, which, by the way, is the second definition. A disordered psychic or behavioral state resulting from severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury. An article posted in 2019 by Psychology Today stated that psychological trauma is a response involving complex debilitation of adaptive abilities in emotional, cognitive, physical, spiritual, and social areas, following an event that was perceived by our nervous system as life-threatening to oneself or others. Did you hear that? Complex debilitation of adaptive abilities as a result of an event that 
our nervous system responded to because it felt threatened. Fight or flight, right? How can we fight when we don't know how to in a healthy manner? And if we run away, we might save our lives, but did we learn from it? Or will we spend the rest of our lives pretending not to be scared? Either way, trauma has to be dealt with. Because we now, as a result of a particular event, are completely hardwired to perceive things differently. Whether it's an isolated event, years of shitty adaptive abilities taught to you by family and friends, or fighting an enemy on foreign soil. Trauma is a part of life. And I don't know about you, but I was not taught how to deal with trauma or what trauma really is. I didn't even know what trauma was until about a decade ago when I was losing my cookies because my oldest daughter was batshit crazy. Judge me all you want, but I have the guardianship to prove it. The next 10 years of my life was nothing but a series of unfortunate events in the advanced placement course to becoming a crisis manager expert. What I missed on that journey, I was traumatized. Yes, me, traumatized. Of all the people in the world, you've got to be kidding. Me? Here I thought I was a badass, clearly by God's standards, because I could take the hits and keep on going, and mostly with a smile on my face. What you didn't know? I was crying myself quietly to sleep every night, if I could get to sleep, much less stay asleep. What I found out through intense therapy since my eldest was eight years old was that I had been in a perpetual state of trauma since birth by the events of my earlier life, which I conveniently forgot, and the current avalanche I was experiencing on the daily. Let's take a look at things I did and said and thought previously that I can prove today was directly correlated to a traumatic event in my life. Mind you, these things that I did and said and thoughts were all instinctual and automatic reactions to a trauma at the time I consciously did not even know existed. Yes, you heard me right. I was completely unaware of any real trauma in my life until I was in full swing adulthood. I'm sure you're thinking one of two things or both. Either how the hell can you forget trauma or how delusional are you that you can't remember your own events of your life? Well, people, let me explain it to you. Then you rethink your initial reaction to that statement I made before you hear what comes next. I was 35 years old, divorced, single mom of two girls, and one of which is severely mentally ill, learning how to live again. In my new house, I had just purchased myself while working a stable, underpaid job with great benefits that were conducive to my lifestyle. I was new level adulting, if you will. At least on the outside, I was doing all the right adulty things. So clearly I was working my way up the adult ladder. On the inside, I was a ticking time bomb the ball of nerves ready to unravel and explode any second. I ignored the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions that weren't aligned with my adulting goals. I had no time for such trivial bullshit. I was trying to fit into the box of success. These emotions, I found them to be inconvenient. So I filed them neatly in the faraway depths of my mind, never to be found again. This is called compartmentalizing. I did this instinctually automatically and without any idea it might be a bad idea. This is called survivor mode. This was all I knew. 
Don't get me wrong, nobody thought my life looked attractive at all, but they did think that I was handling it with dignity and grace, which fueled my codependent people-pleasing skills and reinforced my delicate ego with alcoholic thinking. Yes, I said alcoholic thinking, but stayed focused on the topic. Today we're talking about trauma, and more recently, was providing an example of how one can be traumatized without ever having a clue. My first conscious traumatic experience, an early morning knock on my door. I was a normal 35-year-old woman with two girls living a normal everyday life. This is delusional thinking at its best, let me assure you. Nothing about my life looked normal at this point. My MO is to minimize everything until it disappears. But that knock shattered everything I ever knew about myself and life in general. That knock was federal investigators looking for a victim that would be associated to someone I was very close to. The allegations were unbelievable. I was in shock during the interview outside my front door. Like, out-of-body experience weird shock. But as the investigators left to interview the alleged perpetrator, what do you think my first thought was? I'll tell you. What time is it? And am I going to be late? I went right back to finishing getting ready for work, take the girls to school, and then off to my job. This is my other MO. Autopilot. My brain knew we needed to process this. But how in the literal fuck is anyone supposed to do that? I had way too much to do. I did not at all have the time, energy, or mental space to be dealing with some out-of-the-blue madness that I've somehow been drug into. This was not my shit. I just needed to keep moving. The problem? After I dropped the kids off at their schools and began driving to work, my body and mind had put together a fierce mutiny over my ability to think and function per operating code. My defense mechanisms were short-circuiting. I was violently shaking, hyperventilating, and crazy ugly crying hysterically down the freeway to work. I was desperate to figure out how to pull my shit together and get to work, but nothing was working. I called my sponsor, who beautifully told me to get off the freeway and pull over in a parking lot. When I say my world was rocked, I mean I felt the excruciating tearing of the very fiber of my being and soul. This was life-changing information. And I couldn't stop overreacting. Overreacting. How is one supposed to react to trauma? I mean, really, again, not like I was taught or anything. But today, I firmly tell you they still do not know how to appropriately react to anything traumatic. What I do now know is I respond. You get me? React and respond are two totally different words. But lucky for me, I had a therapist. I'd been working with her because of difficulties I was having raising a mentally ill child. She was recommended to be by my daughter's psychiatrist because I was losing my crap. In the middle of a med check, I said someone in this room needs to be medicated, either her or me. Either way, I don't care. I was, in fact, dying trying to help my daughter. Doesn't that sound way different than when I started off? Remember? I said I started therapy because I was having difficulties raising a special needs child. And then I admit the truth. I was in fact dying trying to help her. Minimize, minimize, minimize. My all-time favorite survival tool. But this event was different, people. 
Because what happened to me after the news broke that I was linked to an alleged perpetrator of the worst kind was nothing less than opening Pandora's box. And this scenario was the key to all things hidden inside of me. I was having panic attacks all the time. I couldn't sleep. My nightmares returned. It became night terrors. It would have hours of lasting impact on me. And then my therapist and I agreed to EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Well, that sucked ass, let me tell you. Because in those sessions, I learned that this was not my first traumatic experience. In fact, I had lived most of my life from the age of four until 35 under the guise that my life was normal. Want to talk about mind blowing? My life as I consciously knew it was tricky, but not traumatic. It didn't make sense. And then it did. Because I started looking at why I did things differently than others. I could get ready with a shower, hair wash, full makeup, hair and clothing in under 30 minutes. I couldn't get out of that bathroom fast enough because it was a waste of time and somewhere that unconsciously wasn't safe. I didn't know that. I just thought I was a super awesome girl and prided myself on not being like other girls who took hours. I really had a deep negative reaction to certain colors of blue. One was my bedspread and I hated it because it reminded me of the difficulty with my oldest daughter whose favorite color was blue. But mostly it was because the bedspread where unthinkable things happened in my childhood and adulthood was also blue. I threw the comforter away. Today I don't mind some colors of blue, just not on my bed. I will always sit or sleep furthest from the entry point, not because I want it to be quiet like I thought, but because I needed to be able to survey my surroundings to hide. At any point, things could be unsafe. But I'm just eating at a restaurant. How unsafe is that? Well, minus the deadly virus today, but you get my point. I drive trucks, because in one year's time, I was in three accidents with a little blue car. I was driving a great many miles, but it was the anxiety and panic that it, the accident, would happen again. Thank God for my ram. Anyway, large crowds used to freak me out. So pre-sobriety, I would get snot-faced drunk to deal with the anxiety that something bad was going to happen. Liquid courage to forget everything, or in today's world, self-medicating. Now I just breathe and remind myself that I am safe today. These are all ways that I have coped with trauma without even realizing what was happening. As I become more aware of my thoughts, behaviors, and feelings, I am in awe at how interwoven they can be. Detangling this mess has been and will still be quite the process. But I want you to hear this. It's okay. Life is messy and we do the best we can. But sometimes we need to go inside to see why we aren't doing the best we can. Like trying to raise a special needs child who was violent, aggressive, obstinate with diagnoses of ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, sensory processing issues, autism spectrum disorder, mood disorder, hypothyroidism, and finally, the nail in the coffin, schizophrenia undifferentiated. All this by the time she was 12 years old, and we parted ways in that lobby for her first of many institutional admissions. That was traumatic. And I lived that on the daily for 10 years, trying to stay alive and get her help. My house was run like a therapeutic group home. It was set up for safely escaping during psychosis. We had a crisis plan 
The crisis team was at our house every week and we were receiving services about 300 hours per month through various agencies and schools. Talk about stressful, maybe traumatic. Did I mention I have a younger daughter? She is three years younger than her sister. She's been through some hell and back in her 15 years. She too has a form of PTSD and is choosing to withdraw from certain societal interactions because the world is just as crazy and unstable as the house she's growing up in. I mean, in addition to her certified mentally ill sister who is disabled, she's also watched report after report about mass shootings, school shootings, her classmate committing suicide in the fourth grade, conspiracy theories being sold as truth, extremists and radicals so unpredictable, and visuals of what looked like a coup in another country. Only it was the Capitol building of the United States of America. And she lived with her terminally ill grandfather, whom I was taking care of, all while her sister lived out of home for almost two years because my house just wasn't safe anymore. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody in the world is traumatized. What I am suggesting is that there are events in your life that have directly impacted the way you respond to certain situations and conversations, and they actually might be traumatic. Are you brave enough to look down that dark hole? Are you curious enough to question why? And most importantly, do you care that your actions have an effect on someone else's life, whether you intended it to or not? Or are you of the mindset that there's nothing wrong with you? It's other people who have the issue. But is it? Is it really all them? Or do you have a part? You know, like some things just trip your trigger for no apparent reason. Or you plain just don't give a rat's ass because you think you're justified. Why are you justified? How about the world trauma we've been experiencing for the last year? COVID-19 pandemic? The U.S. has lost over 500,000 human beings, according to multiple news reports. How are your children handling the school situation online? Did your spouse get to keep their job? Did someone you know die? How are you doing with your mask? Me? It's a trigger from previous traumas. The masks. Situations in which I couldn't breathe because someone's hand was covering my face. I absolutely believe in science. And I do not want to be held accountable for getting someone else sick. But I cannot face random panic attacks in public just for a trip to the grocery store. So, I stay home, and my husband goes out in public. I understand that 20 minutes is my max before I need to breathe. My other MO? Don't breathe. Then maybe they won't hear you, whoever they used to be. I've spent years trying to undo the trauma, but it truly is an inside job at the end. You have to want to understand the whole truth. Good bad or indifferent if we are to understand anything at all now before y'all start screaming at me for offending some group or another i thought you should know that i intuitively instinctually choose my words carefully when speaking and writing words do matter a great deal to me and i guarantee that i have dissected this article for any potentially offensive wording and you know what there definitely is some but if you walked away in judgment you're missing the topic of today's discussion. Trauma. Don't forget the main point, and the only point of this conversation is trauma in yours and anyone else's life. Stay focused, people. 
Don't get bogged down in the details so that you miss the message. We will address some of the inequities or offenses I am responsible for. I'm not naive, but the content of the time we've shared together today is trauma-focused, and I choose to focus on that content. I hope this episode was thought-provoking, relatable, or informative at the very least. But if not, that's cool. We'll cross paths some other time. Next week's episode is about abuse. Tune in to listen. Until then, I truly wish you all the blessings of the universe and good vibes this wonderful world has to offer. Peace, love, light, and hugs, Marianne.